We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Winning isn't everything, but it's the only thing. In our business, there is no second place. Either your first or your last. Exactly two minutes remain in this football game. Dallas leads Green Bay 17 14. Shar on third down. Third and goal. Quarterback. Three seconds left. Green Bay Packers are going to be world champions, NFL champions for the third straight year. Far. Lays it up for Freeman and it's incomplete. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Talk of the Tundra. I am your host, Numek, as always, and joining me to air our grievances in a, what, two-ish week late pod on Festivus and the Packers season is uh, Jordan Tresky. Jordan, how are you doing, buddy? Um, <laughs> uh, I think we are uh, frustrated maybe even outraged. Um, I definitely feel it's not that I don't, I feel uh, hoodwinked to quote the great job rule. Um, I feel like the Packers delayed the inevitable. That's what I feel like. <laughs> yeah. They, they did the worst thing a Wisconsin sports team can do. And it's to give us hope. Like, I have like ever since the Packers lost out on a fifteen to one season in twenty eleven, it's been just like perpetual hope for any team outside the Bucks, obviously that that won their championship. But just getting your hopes up for all of the uh, the good stuff that could happen with having a franchise player like Aaron Rodgers or a franchise player like Christian Yelich, and uh, you just get let down. You just get let down. It's it's been it's a tough year. 20, or I guess we can talk about the game. Packers lose to the Lions 20-16 to in what was an abysmal game. Just not even fun to watch. Not nearly as fun as last week against the Vikings. And uh, similarly, similarly, in fashion to the, oh, what was it? 2014-2015 Wisconsin Badgers, where they lost yeah. in the national championship to Duke. I feel like... The Packers uh, pretty much railroading the Vikings last week was them beating Kentucky that year. And they got all their hopes up to beating Kentucky and then just didn't show up for the game that mattered, which was the game to get into the playoffs. Um, Yeah, just not a good game from Rodgers. Again, he ends the season not having thrown for 300 yards. Uh I guess everything that looked bad about Rodgers all season long was the fall of the Packers today. Would you agree? No, yes, yes. I mean, 
there was, you know, you look at the drive after the Lions broke the uh, gridlock and scored the first touch on the game to make it 13-9. And then, you know, that's when fists become a little clenched and everybody's, you know, on edge about like, this game is slipping away. And you just see like for a drive, it felt like he was totally in control, knew, was making great throws, just kind of had everybody's number. Mm-hmm. And then that was it. That was largely it. I mean, I think for me, it's like his, we, the standard that he has set, and rightly so, is so impossibly high. He is literally coming off a season in which he won his fourth MVP, which no one else in the history of the NFL has ever done. No one has won four MVPs. So you think that, you know, because, um, Quarterbacks redefine or rejuvenate themselves or keep playing longer. Him and Tom Brady are the um, current examples of that. And it's like you feel like they're going to be be able to keep going in that well and well. And just like it all season long, no matter what the, you know, mindset of the team, no matter where they were, there was just something off about Rodgers mm-hmm. regardless and yeah, you could throw in the freaking thumb thing, which they try to do again tonight. They tried to do it. I don't and want it's to hear like, any of it. I did not want to hear any of it either. Um, and yes, we knew that it was going to be a huge adjustment curve with not having Devontae. His wide receivers were in and out of the lineup. It wasn't until what week 10 um, or whatever week it was, the Cowboys game, that Christian Watson has this breakout game. And, you know, you, you, you could talk about. Uh, finding something with it. it was that week 10 um, it's still like there was no vintage Rogers game there was no like it would always be you'd see it for a drive you'd see it for a quarter you'd see it for a half but it wasn't dominant no. there was nothing complete about his season at all and for all the factors that I mentioned I think tonight was like the perfect encapsulation of that it just encapsulated how frustrating it was to watch Aaron Rodgers in what could be his final season as a Packer. And boy, we'll have plenty of discussion about that. But like, if this is the the last that we see of Aaron Rodgers, it looked like someone that it, you know is on the downturn mm-hmm. and and it's coming fast. I'm not. Like I'm not upset about being wrong that we should have gotten rid of Aaron Rodgers before his second, before his first MVP season or second MVP season. I forget when it was. Basically, when they drafted Jordan Love and Rodgers was like, "I might retire then." It's like, okay, yeah. well, regardless. Like I, I've been so sick of the drama off the field as well as just his attitude in general that we see. And I guess let me back up. I gotta preface all of this with. Rodgers is the best quarterback the Packers have ever had, like, without a doubt. Even better than Vikings quarterback Brett Favre. Like, (laughs) it has been an absolute pleasure to watch him when he was good, like, throughout all of the deck, like, the tens, and then the first move of his MVP years. Just was nice to watch him, was nice to just have that quarterback that you gave, that you had hope in win a Super Bowl these last couple of years. That wasn't this. And it's just so frustrating to finally like have it come when they were operating an offense that we really should have seen the past couple of years. But yeah, he was he was bad this year. And there's really no no two ways about it. He didn't have a game over three hundred yards. He had multiple games under two hundred, even some with like close like at the low twos like tonight 205 against the bills 203 um it's just he was is not good this year he had one game i'm sorry yeah one game with more than two touchdown passes and that was the dallas game with christian watson but other than that he had multiple games of or pretty much all ones and twos his last five games he only threw one touchdown each game and I was telling anybody who listened, even outside of the podcast, that if we were going to win this week, we needed a vintage Rodgers game. And we just didn't get it. Like, that that lofty desperation throw interception was uh, 
so so bad. Like shout out Kirby Joseph, dude. Like that dude's got his like because you can tell everybody in his lineage, his grandkids, his great grandkids, his his kids, any of it. I am the only person to ever pick off Aaron Rodgers three times, and he earned all of them. Like he just read them, just boop boop. That's all it took. Could have been four if there wasn't. Could a have been four if there wasn't a penalty. Like he just, mm-hmm. he just. There were so many bad throws, and it just. I said it in the Discord. Side note: GSPN info. Join the Discord. We're down <laughs> bad altogether there, with all of the, with all the teams right now. <laughs> yeah, Bruce might be the the highlight, and that's saying because they haven't played in three months. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. But Rodgers really became the gunslinger this year. He he became the worst of what Brett Favre was his entire career. He didn't. He made or the worst of his of his career. Right. He made stupid decisions. He held on to the ball too long, and he tried to fit the ball into spots where he just couldn't fit it. Like stupid throws, desperation things. Like that was what we knew Brett Favre to do for so so long. And either die here or live long live long enough to see yourself become Brett Favre. Apparently. Yeah, and you look around at Lambo to soak it all in at the end of the game of a week eighteen game that you lost, and you know. Uh, <laughs> I think I should preface unless unless you really want to have this conversation tonight. I don't think we'll be getting into the future talk at all because I think that deserves a pot of its own. We have multiple weeks to get into. I the only thing I will say is, congrats on NBC for pivoting as fast as they could towards cameras on rogers oh and just the it was like i'm sure that was all talked about in there oh yeah it's the whole reason why that game was on yeah yeah um no i i think you brought up the the his last throw of the game the the deep bomb fell way short lines send the house i think eight yeah (laughs) eight blitzers excuse me um, and it's like one, they didn't need to do that. Nope, sure didn't. <laughs> I'm like, it's third and whatever it was, I think third and 10 or third and whatever, uh, yardage. But you look at everybody else that's running and they know what's happening, they don't finish their routes, they know it's we're going for the shot play, and it's like. I know that all night he had a lot of pressure. Aiden Hutchinson is going to be a fucking terror for the next 10 years of the Packers side. He's really uh, good. Really good. Um, they went through Yash Nyman on him. Zach Tom, who didn't do as much <laughs> any really better on Aiden Hutchinson. Yeah. He just wrecked the game. And the Packers O-line, you know, after a couple of weeks where it was like, okay, I think they kind of figured it out. Again, for like it was against the 49ers last year or the the Buccaneers the year before that, it was a a sore spot and they couldn't get enough time. Rodgers was, you know, (laughs) it was like a deluge on some drives that he's just, you know, trying to find any sliver of of daylight to get throws off. But like that throw was just an encapsulation of like the worst habits that he has. Mm -hmm. He did not have to do it. There's plenty of clock. You could eat. I mean, even if he went incomplete, there's still fourth down. There's still time to get something on the field. And it's like, it's stuff like that, that like they have been searching for this, searching for this, searching for any consistency within their offense. It has been like, as much as we talked about the defense for a lot of the large stretches of the year, their offense by and large really failed them this season. Yeah, And it's not that surprising to say that considering what we were going into. Mm-hmm. It was just, I think it was more, what was more surprising is the culprits behind why it was so surprising. Like Rodgers, like even the coaching staff, because for games, you forget Aaron Jones is on your team. And I know he, you know, by the end of this season, you know, he had an ankle injury that kind of, we saw in this game and hobbled him and it limited his effectiveness. But like, that's where it's like, that's, was so frustrating is like yeah you have a bunch of youth within your offensive line and your receiving core and on the defense side of the ball too but like your veterans by and large just didn't carry you there no. and that's why that's why we got to this point why they had to fight for their season for the last five weeks of the, of the year 
And just to make it towards, hey, if we win this game, we're in the playoffs. And the Lions did not give a shit. <laughs> no, they really <laughs> they did not care. Like, and that's the biggest part of like the Dan Campbell culture. Like, I'm gonna take a victory lap first and for, first and foremost. That I said so many times at the beginning of the pod that the Lions are were a dangerous football team. Like beginning of the season, like they had, I was hoping they would succeed because they had the pieces. Like. They they are a talented team, and that team gets a top six pick next year from the Rams. Like they're mm-hmm. gonna be good for a I think a very a long, long time. time. Um, but yeah, like the Dan Campbell culture of saying, "Hey, fuck them!" Like we have nothing to play for, but we can make their lives miserable. That's exactly what they did. Like it's it's the type of energy players want a coach to play for. Like they, yeah, they got pulled out of the playoffs. Uh less than an hour before the game. But I think even Jamal Williams, when talking to the sideline reporter, said he didn't want to know. He, for all he knew, he was playing to get in the playoffs tonight. Yep. And so... I, it's not even just the, the culture, like, uh, the, you know, in bringing the intensity for what was a meaningless game for them. In, in t- or despite or Besides spoiling the Packers' playoff chances. Right. It's like, they didn't care about what happened. They played their game, and they played smart. Like I know they took chances. They did the flea flicker. They did the, the kind of like pitch and catch. Um, At the end of the game. To end, yeah, yeah more, that was, towards the end of the game. That was so cool. It was such a great play call. Just like it's just a fun way to play football. Like and the like when the Packers had their chances to go for it. Like in that, like we saw early in the game. I don't know who had the bright idea to be like, hey, let's do a jet sweep with Alan Lazard, our slowest wide receiver. Yeah, it's like what it like where on where in the world is that coming from? It it's a wonderful question, and it's like the fourth down when they do that. Right, it's fourth down. Yeah, yeah, it's fourth and one. Like in their own territory. Like why on are thirty running laterally on fourth and one? It makes no fucking sense. And it's like some of that play calling that really is like time for whatever happens in the off season. I think with or without Rodgers, they need to come up with a better way that if Rodgers sticks around, that he can't be audibly at the line anymore. It just can't happen. It's it, it's bad. It's bad football. And we said it in the Discord, jokingly, that the seconds per play, the baseball ass stat that we made up as seconds per play, they got to be last. There's no hurry mm-hmm. up in this office. There's in this offense. There's no urgency. There's just rogers and his vibes which i hate and the tricks the trying to get them to jump outside i know that happened on one play it, <laughs> it doesn't it's it was not effective down the stretch when things are effective because, all season like it's just yeah and and credit to the defense for having the run that they did end the season they went back to familiars uh to end the game like they held the team or the lions to six points the first half and then they go score fourteen unanswered in the second half. Should they, should they unanswered? But yeah, um, touchdowns, touchdowns. They scored touchdowns <laughs> instead of field yeah. goals, and that's just how good teams win. Like the Packers had five drives in Lions territory in the first half and scored zero touchdowns. That shouldn't happen. If you have a good offense and you have an actual good team, it, it, this is a carbon copy of the first Lions game, right? They kept making yes. mistakes in their in opposing enemy territory or opposing teams' territory, and just floundering them and just flubbing it all away. It's maddening that we couldn't learn from that mistake, but we learned from other mistakes throughout the season. Like we learned from, um, like Joel Berry kind of put it together and made a new way of off or defense throughout that winning stretch. They spread the ball around. They learned from their mistake last year and throwing to Devonta every single time. And by being forced to throw the ball to multiple people so that multiple options need to be covered by the defense. And then, but they still can't fucking figure out how to not piss away points in the other team's uh, field. It just can't. And the, and the red zone. Like, it's just, it's just mad. Oh my God. That was like, yeah. That was what was more maddening is the. They shoot up a lot of field, and when it gets short field, and Every this time. has always kind Every of been time. last year was definitely in that case too, but it more so this year because obviously, given the circumstances, but it's like I don't know like what 
like you look at a team like the Lions and it, it's night and day. They knew exactly what they mm-hmm. it, they're it's they don't overcomplicate things. They make it simple. They it's all about timing and pr- like it's it's basically about the court like that Jamal Williams touchdown that basically put the the game away um for the Lions or put them over the Packers. Yeah. It's very simple. A guy comes in motion the Packers defense starts to like tilt into their, you know, you see where if there's guys going to be following him or they're staying in zone right as he passes Jared Goff, Jared Goff snap or the center snaps the ball hands off to Jamal Williams. He walks in because the, they get a lot of good protection and there's a huge space and there's no one there. There's no one there in the middle of the field to stop. And And it's stuff like that. That's like, those are the core tenets of like what Lafleur wants to do, and it has never always. It's always been a blending of what he had, what he wants to do, and what Aaron Rodgers wants to do, and that's where things can get in disarray, mm-hmm. you know. So when you're Aaron Jones, like as we saw again tonight, he was not 100. He you saw multiple times limping on the field. Yeah. And it's like that's a, that was such a huge loss. Anytime he's on the on the field, even I'll even defend him with that fumble. Like it, it's a fluke fumble play. Yeah. And I know he had. A, I think they the it was five fumbles on the year. I think so. I will trust him to yeah. the death. Yep. I I don't <laughs> he, want the ball to be taken out of his hands because of the maybe he'd fumble and like that was the biggest thing. Actually, the biggest thing that's what people talked about with Aaron Jones is that he has, just has the propensity to fumble in big situations. Like last year against the Niners, this year against the Bucks, like just he has that knack of fumbling at the worst time, despite being good all the rest of the season. You can't hold it against them. Like it just those things no. just happen, and you notice the faults more than you notice the benefits. Yeah, and it it's it's going to notice more when you play on a Packers offense that historically had Aaron Rodgers throwing just three picks or yeah. throwing the ball away, and it's stuff like that that would just never happen this year. Right. You know, like being risk averse or you know not turning over the ball packers kind of just went into it they're <laughs> turning over the ball this year they just turn into an average team rather than yeah. like a team that just constantly turns over the ball and like is young and inexperienced but like that's what's frustrating with all that in mind and just seeing like when they had the opportunities to get in the end zone to just call on, call the number of your most talented guy christian watson was burning through Lions defenders. They Lions secondary got banged up going into the game and throughout the game. Right. And it was like anytime he touched the ball, he was fantastic. And I, I just like it's stuff like that that was like, I don't know. It it just <laughs> I'm rambling here, but that's no, part keep, of where we're at. Yeah, keep going. But like it just adds into like not having a pulse on like where they wanted to go no. in any drive outside of that right after that Lions scored the first touchdown of the game. Right. And, like, I wish they would have played with that level of intensity the rest of the, the game. Like, you just they just didn't have that energy the rest of the game. And that's where the game was lost, essentially. They didn't. Yeah. I, I just don't get how they weren't ready to go. They did, it, 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 that's what it seemed like. It really just seemed like they weren't prepared to play. They weren't ready to get up and play. Which, like, I just don't know how you do that. I just don't. It's... It's it's mind boggling that like Lafleur and like veterans like Rogers or Cobb and Preston Smith, Jair couldn't get the like get up and get other players ready to go for this game. Like they should have been having their ears pinned back and going after Goff the entire game. The the fake blitz that they run where they always rush four, but it's technically a blitz because their base is three four. Three. It's yeah. It, it's so dumb when we know that the five man rush works. Like that's the one thing that they've been doing this latter half of the season is rushing five and getting home often. But why not rush Jared Goff? He stinks when he when he's the pocket's not clear for him. And when the pocket's clear for him, he dices people up. Like the first two drives of the game, Jared Goff was spiking the ball into the ground on it was on bad throws. Bad, bad throws. Why not just keep rushing? Keep getting mm-hmm. to him. Cause like why would you let him have a clean pocket in order to just let them pick them apart like that. Like it's just so frustrating. And I think that the honeymoon of the 
the win streak that the defense helped us have with Joe Barry is now over. Like we talked about it last week and how any goodwill we had towards Joe Barry would cease to exist should they lost this game in part because of the defense. It's not all the defense's fault. We should preface that immediately because they did their job in the first half, held them to six points. And what it, they, it, it's hard. I would argue they did their job for probably three and a half quarters. quarters. Yeah, three and a half quarters. Right. And like they did their job, but like they just don't have like that the the coaching from Joe Barry to really buckle down when they needed to. Like at some point you have to make stops when you need to make stops, and they have not done that a lot of this year. And I think that just what it, what it comes down to. Like I, if he keeps his job because of that push, I'll be quite upset. One of my buddies said that like the Packers want to win division so bad. That if they ended up like they did end up winning like winning tonight and going to the playoffs, they would have kept them regardless. I think because of the season and how it ended and how it went the entire way, you just gotta fire them. You really do. Like it's get a young, like really tenacious defensive coordinator there that understands that this team is at best when they're rushing the passer and just start going. I think too. I mean, it's not even just maximizing your talent. It's like the stuff that happened with Quay Walker tonight, unacceptable. Unacceptable. That's unacceptable. And it's the second time. Second time. Second time on Sunday right. Night Football. They even mentioned in the broadcast. It's it was mind boggling. Throw in Razul Douglas, just like nope. walking the ball away. Which like it that was there wasn't a penalty on that exact like instance. But what the fuck are you doing? I don't. Yeah, exactly. It's just like it's and you mentioned it like the weeks, even during their successes. It's about like last week. It was it's okay. Who's going to guard Justin Jefferson? It's the quarterbacks talking between themselves about like we're going to I'll take him. Right. Why you focus on this guy? He needs to make the decision. Like we talked about it last week that, hey, like it's fun, whatever, yada, yada, yada. No, like he needs to understand the defense enough to, to put the right person on. Justin Jefferson, he should have went, Jair, you're covering JJ. And that's all that should have been said. Or Matt, Le- I mean, the whole stretch began with Matt LaFour like conferring with Joe Barry about like switching up their defense. Right. And it's like that stuff that like, like, I, again, these are things that are told anecdotally, whether they're uh, reporters, they're players or whatever else is the case. It, it paints a picture of a guy that <laughs> is having his job being made for him. Yeah. Is being told what to do, which is, I mean, if you're a defense coordinator, as high ranking as that is, you, you're you uh, serving the head coach. Right. Um, so that's not like as bad. But like, there's just so many instances of like, of all that stuff. And then you add in, Stupid shit, <laughs> like yeah. Quay Walker pushing um, athletic a, an athletic trainer because he's trying to get to his injured player on the field. Right, and I like you see the you, they showed him going up the tunnel and he was clearly emotional, clearly upset. He could whether you only see those images and you don't see whether he that is resonating with him why he's being sent out of the game. Right. Um, Regardless of the situation, and I feel for him. If regard, no matter what, right? It's still dumb. Still dumb. <laughs> it's and... still dumb. It decided that that scoring drive too. Mm-hmm. Like I, I, they were already marching at the field, so it wasn't like it was going to change anything, right? It didn't, but it like extended the drive, it just made it that much. Harder. It made it more. Yeah, exactly. And it, go ahead. No, I was just gonna say, like, it, it's just it, it that to have that on the not just the last game of the season with everything on the line, the play, everything broke your way to get here. Yeah. And you let that stuff seep in and it both instances with Douglas and with Walker, it led Mm -hmm. to points It led to a field goal. It led to a touchdown. It's just, that is so unacceptable. I cannot believe that happened. Yeah. It's extremely unacceptable. Like it's, it should get Joe Barry fired, without a doubt. Like, if you can't, like, just be able to coach your players to understand that you need to be smarter about doing these dumb plays and not do them, that's on the coaching. Like, yes, you can 
blame Quay Walker for doing it twice in a season. Like Quay in the offseason needs to. I feel like I'm a boomer and a, all person saying this, but it's true. He needs to grow up into the NFL. He's a rookie. I, I give him a significant amount of slack because he is a rookie and because he played well throughout the rest of the season. But, he played well tonight. That's what right, even more that's, frustrating. That's the frustrating part is that he played well all season. He ended up. He ended up might be one of the. He could be the best rookie in this class with on the Packers. Like between him and Christian Watson, it could be tough. And like, there's a lot of and Wyatt and Wyatt and Zach Tom. Like, there's a lot of good rookies in this this year's class that they drafted. Quay amongst them, but he's got to clean up the ancillary stuff. It's it's obvious, and he needs that. But from a coach who's willing to grab him by the neck and just coach him. Like the back of the neck, not the not the front of the neck. Like choke him, but like yeah, put his no, arm around uh, him, like let him know, like, hey, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, I I think that's just where it, it's the split between. I mean, it's not even that because Brazil Douglas knows better. The, he does. That he's done. He's done stuff like that throughout the season. It it pissed me off. Jair Alexander too. There's just stuff like that that like. That is, those are the signs of an undisciplined team. Yep. And I know it's football, rah, rah, rah guy. And, but like everything about Dan Campbell, he seems like a super intense dude, but it's someone that like you rally around. Yeah. And Lions had none of those mistakes tonight. No, no stupid mistakes. I like it's just the type of coach that Dan Campbell is. And I'm not saying I'm pining for Dan Campbell at a head coaching position, but I am pining for a Dan Campbell type uh, defensive coordinator, a guy who's, intense and players can rally around but also does a good job like yeah. joe barry is milk toast dude like joe barry couldn't motivate me to get out of bed <laughs> and there's something to be said like we he is clearly an nfl caliber coach yeah it just may not be like a defensive coordinator or yeah. a good defense coordinator. It he may, could be a good positions coach it may not even be with this team this team has a whole and, lot of personality on the defense. Like yes. between Quay, Jair, Razul, and I'll say Kenny, because Kenny's like a bit of just like a Devondre Campbell yeah. too. Like he just kinda Yeah, he existed within like as the elder statesman. Right. Like there's a lot of personality on this defense that needs to be contained and harnessed. And I don't think Joe Barry is that, without a doubt. No. Like no. he maybe showed it in <laughs> that win streak, but that it, it reared its ugly head again tonight. Um, tweet coming, tweets are coming in as oh God. press conferences. Not Rogers yet. This is this is this for. I'm not even don't think I would read Rogers. As to be honest with you, thank you. Um, from Bill Huber, uh, Lafleur said that they're going to look look at every. Sorry, let me back up. Lafleur said that they're going to look at quote every facet of our program with a fine tooth comb. Unquote this offseason. Quote, everything has pretty much been exposed after winning, or after saying that success covers up a lot of things. I think that's that's really it. Like, it's a, it's the old, it's like, it's not, it's not just basketball related, but it comes up in basketball a lot that a winning basketball team in the NBA, generally everything goes just fine. Like, the, but the second it starts to be bad, like the Hawks this year, or the um, the Nets last year when James Harden wanted out, like winning, winning cures covers, all. Winning cures all, and this team mm-hmm. was not winning this year, and all of the ugliness that was hidden behind Rogers being so good really showed out. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I think Malifleur, uh should host a Packers podcast that isn't this one, but if he wants to hop on here, uh, he kind of summed it up for everybody. That, that that's the when you say that after and he's not one to really hide his he he is very adverse uh, into coach speak after you know four years of being a head coach um but when he is frustrated he doesn't really hide it and no not at all that is a very pointed way and it doesn't even it's not even just joe barry that is literally <laughs> that can be a lot of things towards trades it could be a lot of things towards um I, I, who knows? Uh, you know, it, it, there's that that certainly points to a lot of changes being made, and it doesn't necessarily mean just personnel or ones that they the Packers would willingly make. Because obviously, there's one 
big one that hangs over everything that they do. But everything that they can control, they are going to evaluate it. And yeah, that that's that's pretty that's pretty big right there. Yeah, and I hope that they really actually take it seriously and put their best foot forward in trying to reform this team. Like I don't think you can just say, yeah, we can still go with Joel Berry because maybe it's the down year. Absolutely not. Like he needs to go. He just he just needs to go. That's really all there is to it. Um a lot of the post game stuff from the floor right now is talking about just that winning covered it all up <laughs> in the past couple years. So hopefully they're serious about it. Uh Jair is not answering questions. It's fun. Uh quote, just ready to go home to every question according to Cassidy Hill. She's a drill sentinel reporter. Mm-hmm. So that's Jair for you, I guess. <laughs> I don't know, man. It's I'm trying to think of like it was an up and down year for the receivers too. Like we talked about that all year. Romeo Dobbs had a bad game. Like Yeah, he missed that one through. Two targets, zero catches. Like weird how that flipped throughout the season. Like mm-hmm. it was Dobbs and then Watson. And then it, it was really just a mirror of each other's seasons. Dobbs was healthy early, got injured mid, and then kind of fizzled out. Or Watson was fizzling just all the beginning of the season, kind of was out for a couple of weeks with that with his injury, and then came back stronger than ever. Like yep. it's maybe they can be on the same page next year. I'm happy with how they performed. Um, Packers have the 15th overall draft pick in. Oh next, yeah, in next year's draft. <laughs> so, love fifteenth, we'll, we'll do... middle of the pack, <laughs> or the pack, middle of the pack, or the, of the pack. pack. Um, we'll get more into it in a, in a draft pod in the off season. But initial reaction is like edge rusher, and I wouldn't hate a receiver if they're there. Like they're, there's, a, it's another good top heavy wide receiver class. Um, wouldn't hate it. Not even a little bit. Especially if, like, Cobb retires. Especially if Lazar leaves. Like, wouldn't hate it at all. Also, there's a lot of people. There's. Go ahead. Go ahead. What were you going to say? I'll I'll get back to it. (laughs) I was going to say, there's a lot of people that uh, we might have seen their final games. Um... We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Aaron Rodgers. Yep. Lazard. Um, Blank and a bunch of people already. Big dog. Keyshawn Nixon. Big dog. Uh, Mercedes Lewis. Mercedes Lewis. Bakhti. Uh, who? Bakhtiari. Bakhtiari. Yeah, that's another big one. Crosby. Um, Amos. Mm-hmm. Ooh, Aaron Jones. I Aaron Jones for cap casualty reasons, but not not, not for not, real reasons. Not for real reasons. If you want to win a football game, you're going to keep them. Yeah. Um. Yeah, there's plenty more that I'm yeah. just obviously not. I have podcast brain, so of course I forget everything. Right, exactly. <laughs> um, it's just disappointing. It's really all it is to it. And it, I think it's mostly disappointing because I was smart enough to bury them on this pod when they lost to the Lions. We inaccurately said they got elim- not eliminated, eliminated, but that they were pretty much done in the playoffs. Dead in the water. Dead in the water in that Lions-Press-Lions game. And then... Despite us, 
they <laughs> come back and make it look like they can make it. And we had a bunch of fun pods in the middle there. It was super great, super fun times. Only to feel this this hurt and disappointment again, Jordan. Like it doesn't hurt nearly as bad as like as 2011 or or 2014 or 2019 or 2020 or 2021. <laughs> yeah, it just is like fuck. Really, we we did all that for nothing, kind of thing. Like even if they did win tonight. Nothing inspired confidence that we would have been able to join in the playoffs. You said, "Yeah, you said that like, privately," and I was like, "It, it just that was one hundred percent out of the money. The, nothing, nothing went well the P- outside of Mason Crosby hitting a couple field goals, but even then, he missed then one. He missed that, one, like, which was huge. Clanked. If, if, yeah. he, if he makes that, it's a one point game at the end of the game. Like it's twenty to nineteen. That's important, but regardless, it doesn't matter." Um, to peel back the curtain a little bit, Jordan and I were going to do a, a the live pod of this that they won on YouTube, and we were like, before it was still in the reach, I told Jordan the worst part about this is that if they win, it wasn't fun. I'm not yeah. having fun. I'm Eric Bledsoe in the barbershop in Phoenix. I don't want to be here. <laughs> like, this is I'm I. This wasn't a fun game. It was ugly. They played like ugly. shit. They did. They weren't playing with energy or effort to make Jason Kidd happy. Like, it just wasn't there for the Packers tonight. And Lazard is, is he's such an enigma, dude. He's such an enigma. He's one of the best Here outside. We Here we go. He's one of the best outside pass blocking receivers or run blocking receivers that I've, we've ever seen, ever. And I think he's taught that to Christian Watson as well. Like, Christian Watson can also do this. But at the same time, it's just the the inopportune drops are the biggest killer for me. And he caught a touchdown tonight, and he caught a couple big like catches um, to get first downs. But four for six, and those two drops were critical. Like one of them was early in the game that would have gotten a first down. That one, yeah, yeah. And it's just like it's it's really, and I'm not saying it wrong here. It's two steps forward, one step back. Like, he's always progressing us a little bit. He's always helping out a little bit. But he's always making detriments at the worst time. And so, he's a net positive. He's just the most frustrating net positive ever. Like, ever, ever. And given the cap situation, I don't think he'll be back with us next year. Like, no. I As much as it would suck to lose him on the outside as a run blocker, and we'd lose a big off part of the offense that way. I don't think one will be able to afford him. Two, I think a team who can afford him and isn't that good will pay him a big bag to just do what he does, to do, to do what he did for us, for them, like essentially. Yeah. And he, because that has value. He has a he has value as a player. I just don't think the Packers are willing to pay, can pay that value, or do I want to be frustrated with him all the rest of the season or next the few years? Which puts us right back in a spot we were at the beginning of this season, meeting receivers. Yeah, I, I mean, this is very uh, uh, hastily put together in my brain, but like <laughs> roster needs are they're long. You know, it's long. It's very long. It's, you can and, make and, it. And weirdly enough, it's I think it's a lot on offense. Like, oh, I I think. Like I think I think, I think edge rusher is the edge rusher is one of the bigger needs the team has to get somebody to go with for Sean Gary and Preston Smith. Um, I think they found something at the line though. Yeah, I think with Devontae Wyatt, he had God. he had a sack tonight. Ooh, ooh, mm. I got <laughs> that's the one little happy part. It's but it, Devontae just... Wyatt, my big my big my big son, he finally got his got his first sack of the NFL. You know what's crazy is that there's just so many things about this season that you could just point to and things would totally be different. Yeah. Amari Rogers being oh my out there for as God. I, I know I'm not I don't mean to make this worse for everybody. Why you but, must speak his name? <laughs> but Amari Rogers to Keyshawn Nixon, that how much that transformed their season in eight weeks. Um 
Devontae Wyatt not playing at all. And then when you actually play him, oh, it turns out he's good. And you're getting pressure on the quarterback and not playing the same, like the milk toast defense that Joe Barry, you know, puts out there every week is enhanced by having good players that can get to the quarterback. It's stuff like that, that like they just didn't have any, there's very little like, you know, calling the right number at, at the right time. Right. And then stuff like that, like that is just like, that what sums up this whole season where you can talk to an individual, but like this whole like 53 man roster, even some of the, you know, go down the line with like practice squad guys that like they cycled in and out and all like, right. they just didn't really have any f- shape of like, of how to like go through this. And it, that's where like Lafleur's comment, comment about like winning so much or cover up the fact that winning covers whole, up everything and now everything's been exposed because they yeah. stunk. And just the whole decision-making process between their personnel, their strategy, their roster building, their roster choices on game days and stuff like that. Like there was just nothing really coherent about it unless the things got super bad and it's like, okay, we have to, we, we can't for the life of us put Amari Rogers out there anymore. We can't for the life of us. Like Dean Lowry gets hurt. Let's put Devontae White in. Oh, it, it turns out to be like it's stuff like that. That like it that is just that was just such a theme of this year that like you just cannot shake. And it's stuff like we'll get probably have more insight in the weeks and months to come because of just how it ended. Right. I have my head in my hands and I apologize. Is there a comment? There's a comment. Uh, Say it. Rogers uh, says, "Quote: I'm not gonna hold them hostage." Rogers said he wants to take the emotion out of his decision about before take the emotion out of the decision about his future before making one. <sighs> Buddy, he said there has to be mutual interest. Like I feel like it, he's just, I don't know. I really don't want to get into it because I'm gonna get so. No, mad. let's do it. This yeah. is how we have to end it. This is how we have to end it. I want to think of anything else to talk about before we end on Aaron Rodgers. I don't think I can. Mason Crosby, I appreciate you, buddy. I think it's time. NFL Hall of Famer? No. <laughs> I got, uh, what's the word? Uh, humbled in thinking that he had a chance. And then I looked at the current uh, NFL Hall of Famers. There's only four kickers in there. He's I was just saying, he's not getting in. Like if Justin Tucker is probably like he's the, the best next case one. scenario. Benatari yeah. might get in there, but Justin he's not Tucker, in? he might not have had the the years like since he retired because he was. Oh yeah, he played not. The, he, yeah, I forget. He's, he's a kicker. A <laughs> um. So yeah, I I just don't <laughs> think that he uh. He's cut out for it anymore. Like he had a good season. That's not to like take anything away from, um, from his ability to kick the ball. I just think that the Packers need someone who can like really give them a boost, especially going forward with, with Jordan Love. If that's the direction they go, that sometimes drives might though. just drives might just stop short outside of his field goal range, and it's hard to find a kicker that can accurately kick like fifty-five plus yard field goals. It's hard, and you can't be like, we'll just find someone like Justin Tucker. That's not going to happen. But being able to find a kicker that can push 60 is very important, and uh, and Crosby has been able to do that for years. Couldn't do it for fucking Aaron Rodgers this year, and right. that, so he didn't serve him well at all. Right. So, <laughs> um, for context, uh, Vinatieri played until 2019, so he's got a couple years. To that is crazy. His first year was uh, 90, 96. <laughs> He played for 23 years. That was the first 24 years, then. Something like that. Um, so, I guess Aaron Rodgers. We'll, we'll circle back to him after we started. I just don't want him back. Like, I just really don't. I, it's It sucks to say because of all the context that we've already talked about and the years of good times we've given us. But they went against the Ron Wolf sort of way that got them there, and that's cutting a player too early versus too late, and they really screwed the pooch on this one with Rodgers. It's got them in cap hell, and I think just this off the cuff 
from my heart reaction, this team might suck for a few years because of that cap situation. Like, and even retaining Jordan Love might be difficult because of it. Yes. It really might. And that's when we could really be in some trouble. But, um, after all the drama of his post-2020 season, saying going back and forth, he's retiring, we don't know, yada, yada, yada. And then after all the drama of last season, the same thing. I really hope that this decision is just quick. That's all I want, is that if he decides to retire, let us know by March 1. Like, that seems so far away, and there'll be a lot of speculation between now and then. But realistically, it's a month after the Super Bowl. It's like eight weeks. Yeah, it's like it's a month after the Super Bowl. We can't really expect him to make it sooner than that because he's not going to make it during the playoffs. He's not going to make it that like once that season ended. I don't think he'll make it in February. Or he won't make a surprise announcement at the at, you know uh, NFL, NFL Honors show, <laughs> right? And I think it's it's just time. He, he he looks. It's his his athleticism is slowing down. His general attitude towards like being a leader, I think, has been going down for a couple of years. I think the biggest thing for me was his him just not participating in OTAs and minicamp with um, the new receivers. Like, I understand that you're the quarterback and you have your offense it has been your offense for a decade plus. You still have to get these guys acclimated to your offense, and maybe they don't have those speed bumps that they had at the beginning of the year if you practice with them. And I think that next year it won't be much better with him because he'll be another year older. He'll be another year of just bad injuries. I should say bad injuries. Of nursing injuries this year. And he's always been somewhat fragile, right? Like, you can't knock it against him. But at what point do you recognize that he's getting hurt every year? Like, I don't know what the Packers do. LaFleur said in his postgame tonight that the, that he wants him back, which isn't a good sign for this narrative. But at the same time, I don't think LaFleur can say anything else besides that. You can't go up yeah. in a postgame and be like, yeah, fuck Aaron Rodgers. We don't want to go. We don't want him back. You can't yeah. do that. So, I don't know, man. It's He's such a frustrating player to root for nowadays because of a multitude of reasons. And I think it's just time to move on. And I know there's a lot of Packers fandom that is that thinks that is like sacrilegious. I I just I just don't think this team is at its best anymore with Rodgers at the helm. And that kind of is evidenced by this entire season. We talked about he has he didn't have a good season. And no. I just don't think he's got it anymore. He said he did. He says he still thinks he's got it, which He's not going to say anything else either. So, I don't know, man. It's it's such a f- just frustrating situation to be in because we're disappointed from the Lions' loss, disappointed from having hope to go throughout the last five weeks that, hey, we might be able to sneak in, and if we get hot, maybe we get hot. Maybe it's 2010 again. Clearly it wasn't. whole different set of circumstances as well. And that's what it comes down to, is that the energy I have now is just deflating in that if I have to go through another season with Rodgers playing like this, it's going to be a slog. And I think this team needs a shot of life that could come with Jordan Love. Maybe it is, maybe it isn't, but at least you can say that you didn't punt a first-round draft pick without even giving it a try. And I think that might be the strongest argument to just cut ties. I don't, yeah, I'll, I'll stop rambling. No, I, I, I have made my thoughts very clear on this matter for a while. Um, and it's not any disrespect to what he has done to the Packers. It is just the cycle of you lose a playoff game or you lose the last season of a game or last, the last game of a season that if you win, you make the playoffs. And if you lose the cycle starts up again, it's right. always about Aaron's. He is, he has earned the right to make it about Aaron's future and the Packers futures is second. Yeah. Because it's so intertwined. There is no, at this point, there is no clean break 
whatever break, clean break between Aaron Rodgers and the Packers, if that existed, I it would, would have been a long time ago. <laughs> because um, but uh, it, it just stuff like that, like. I know I've said it before, but it's like this is the worst case scenario that you feared not having. You know the the talk of him going to Denver, the the interesting report generated that uh, Adam Schefter reported on the on draft day in twenty twenty one, where right. it's talking about him getting traded, and it's like, well, this is coming from his agent, blah blah blah. Well, semantics and reporting <laughs> um, opinions aside. There has been so many times where he has made it about his playing future and what he decides to do, and it always has led him back to Green Bay. And that's because, A, they had the the pieces to keep going year after year after year. Right. And even when Devontae Adams left and that decision, whether that decision was made, um, before or after Aaron's, it's kind of muddied. I, I know it's, it's, I feel like there's different things out there based on who you hear from. It still didn't uh, change his commitment to the team or his change his commitment to how much he would still play here because obviously the door is still open from both sides allegedly. But like, it, right. there's just like, there's just been so much of this year after year that it just like, it starts to wear thin. Yeah. And it, it happened with Favre. It's the whole reason why Aaron Rodgers became the exact same thing. Yes. And it's like the Packers got wanted to get out of that business for a reason. Yeah. And they made the hard decision. They made credit to Ted Thompson for sticking to his guns. It was the hard decision. Any NFL GM could ever make is moving on from a franchise quarterback who still wanted to play and still had something in the tank. I have no doubts that Aaron Rodgers thinks that he has something in the tank still. And I wouldn't be surprised if he plays next year. I just think for where this team is at and Brian Gutenkunst has kind of, he's, he's adapted to what he had inherited and what he built because he was part of it too. Right. And Matt LaFleur has done the same. And it hasn't, it's not the Packers way, quote unquote, but it was the best of of what they used to do and what propels you to success in the NFL. Mm-hmm. And it never led you to a Super Bowl appearance, not even just winning the Super Bowl. Right. At some point, you have to just kind of divorce yourself from all emotion, as Aaron Rodgers said, and just make that clean break. And if you can't do that after a season where you went eight and nine and missed the playoffs, yeah, I don't know what other like what how bad does it have to be to be like, yeah, we really hung on to him too long, right. you know. I think that's a great point that like it really, if 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 they're being all emotions out of it, it's just football, which again, what Roger said he wants to do. They they both sides should understand that. It is just time, because it's it's hard to accept it. Um, it's hard to accept it from Rodgers' side that he is he's he he, he has to come to terms with that he just doesn't have anymore. Like he thinks he yeah. does, but it's hard to recognize that you don't, as a professional player. Like we're we're a couple of guys that don't have any experience playing professional sports, none whatsoever. But even just as a competitor, you guys, you hear guys all the time talking about it's how it's so hard to walk away because it's all you know. And I think there, someone needs to get in Rogers' ear and just be like, hey, are you sure you want to go back if he does want to go back? Then at the same time, Brian Gutekunst, Matt LaFleur, and the rest of the Packers organization need to have a serious conversation with him and say, listen, like we will take you back if you want to, but we need to have the understanding that there needs to be a change somewhere in how this offense operates and that being the condition for him to come back and give up some control that he has, which he already gave up when Matt LaFleur came in. He needs to give it all back though, because the, as good as he is at changing the plays at the line and stuff, like it just, it can't happen. It just can't happen anymore. He, he, there's no, 
urgency in some of the offensive plays that he calls and switches from, and it just gets frustrating at times like that. But at the same time, from the organizational standpoint, it's tough with the cap. Like, it's why I've really said that despite me wanting him gone this in this offseason, I think he, without a doubt, comes back and plays next year. I think it makes sense from the organization standpoint, from the cap side, and from Roger's side, because the cap hit of him not playing next year is extremely huge. It's like almost $100 million. And if he just plays, then I think they... If you go on small track, which I was doing now, it's always hard to read contract stuff because we're not experts in that kind of thing. But mm-hmm. um, he has a the Packers have a have a potential out, um, with only having twenty four million in dead cap, as opposed to, I believe, so if they prolonged it to twenty twenty four instead of this season, yes, or off season, yes, so. He has a cap hit next year of $30 million, but then that dead cap number is uh, almost $100 million. If they would cut ties with him right away. This, yeah. This offseason. Well, who in the hell thought of that? Yeah. No. <laughs> uh, Mark, Brian Gunnikunz, when he restructured the deal this off, past offseason, which yes. was the most idiotic decision he could have made. Like, I've been a champion for Brian Kudenkunz for all season for the jobs that he's made, but that, that routed extension is bad. It's just the worst decision he's made. Yeah. You talk about seating control and, and all that stuff. It's part of the things that are going to be evaluated is Aaron Rodgers brought in Tom Clements, who was part of McCarthy's staff. He had yep. been there when Aaron Rodgers at his peak. He retired after the 2016 season and came back, what, Six years later, I think so. Um, it's stuff like that. Like it's not even just the 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 Saiyan personnel and wanting Randall Cobb back and the good vibes guys and all that stuff. And you know, it's like that's where like it, things are. The NFL are it, how you empower your stars is is very similar to the NBA, right? But you always have the just the excess of players that are just totally different. You have rosters that are four times the size of NBA or three times the size of NBA rosters. Right. But if you have someone like Aaron Rodgers, they're going to have some influence on what you want to do and all that stuff. And it's like when that starts happening, it that's where we're at. That's where you make these contract extensions. You bring in quarterback coaches that I'm not trying to indict Tom Clements, but like it was interesting, even with all the uh, how many coordinator jobs that were open because they Luke Getzey leaves for Chicago, Nathaniel Hackett gets you know scooped up by Denver and all that stuff. To go to someone like familiar like that, that and that's where it's like to have to go someone familiar to Rogers that well and to have a season like he had this year, you know, it's, it's, that's not great. No. That's not great. Even with everything considered about where the Packers are at. Right. Aaron Rodgers on his future. I feel good about what I've accomplished in this league and I wouldn't have any regrets. I walked away, but I have to see how I feel once I get away from this. So I'm sure he's going to go hang out with Mallory Edens, have himself a grand old time. And Mullivan's decision. Um, Jordan, do you got anything? We should go into promos. Yeah, let's go into promos. RIP 2022 Packers. You were frustrating as hell. Yes. <laughs> um, first and foremost, we want to invite you guys to join us over on Repod. We have started a new partnership with them. Um, native, uh, I got to speak, understand, native playback feature they have over there. And biggest thing we want to do with you guys is just discuss the pods. Like a big way just to talk about the offseason, talk about the future, talk about the draft picks, talk about the class of 2022. How did they do? Because we'll have a lot of pods in the offseason on rookie class, sort of grading them, grading everybody else, draft talk, all of these things coming to a uh, to this <laughs> to this stream near you, which, like I said, you can listen to on Repod. So join us over there. 
like I said, we really just like talking to you guys. We really do. <laughs> and that's uh, another place that we can that we can do that. So join Repod, make an account, come talk with us. Come talk with us on the talk of the Tundra feed over there. Um, as always, gspn.info, everything Eurostep Podcast Network related. Um, I think Ty said he and Rohan recorded a new went in or a, yep. not, a new Eurostep that'll come out tomorrow morning, likely. Um did you guys talk win in six? I forget if you recorded. We had one at the end of last week talking about Giannis's stretch of play. This is recorded before the Hornets game, so that did not get in there. Um gonna be a win in six later in the week, most likely. Um yeah. We gotta I gotta interrupt two things. Oh god. I apologize. Um Rogers makes clear that $59 million guaranteed to him next season would not prevent him from retiring this offseason, mentioning that he's already been blessed to accumulate, quote, generational wealth in his career, end quote. Well, yes, I could definitely walk away from that. So, we're just saying. He's just saying. But, back into the promos. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else that I missed. Christopher Bruce and... Did they, 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 oh! Oh, uh, you were on make oh, time. That's for right. This. We were on make time for this. I fried, <laughs> my brain has been fried by Packers talk. Um, I went and talked with Jordan and uh, you're Jordan. My brain is fried, dude. <laughs> the Packers have ruined a man's brain over the course of three hours. I, Numak, went and talked with Adam McGee and Andrew Snyder about Knives Out, one of my favorite movies of the year. That one's a lot more fun than this one was. So go listen yeah. to that one and hear us talk about Benoit Bonk and the new uh, Glass <laughs> Onion movie that dropped uh, Christmas Eve Eve. Um, before we get out of here, I do want to give a hefty thank you to all of our listeners for our first season. Didn't end the way we wanted to. Here's hoping we'd get right go into the way we wanted to much at all. Um, hopefully we could get in, we could get into the Super Bowl our first season. Just keep winning Super Bowl after Super Bowl after Super Bowl, and just be a a championship winning podcast. Be a good luck charm. Alas, that wasn't the case. But um, in my first season as the podcast host, I really enjoyed just getting to know you guys as a community, as well as just talking Packers. Like at the end of the day, Packers are very fun. I guess as I'm going against everything I just said. Talking football is fun in general when it's not emotional like this. I could do it for hours and hours and hours. Um, so thank you guys for listening and giving us the opportunity to do so. Yes, thank you, totters. Tater totters out there. Tater totters. <laughs> Dipping some ketchup. This munch you guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I that... think it's time to... <laughs> we will bookend the 2022 Packers oh, season. Thank you guys all again. And Jordan, thank you. Thank you.